Hey, my friend, welcome to episode 110 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, Pastor, thanks for joining me today. I want to talk to you today about how to stay sane in the ministry. I remember some years ago that I had just come back from a trip with students, and I'd been gone for more than a week, and I was blitzed, and I wanted to spend some time with my family, but we got back on a Sunday night, and so the next day was Monday, and the work week was starting, but I'd been gone for over a week from my family, and so I remember coming into the office and talking to one of the staff members and saying, you know, I'd really like to be out today. And the staff member looked at me, and he just said, you know, I, I really wish that I had a youth pastor schedule. Well, I, I can't really give you the time off. And I remember walking out of the office and just feeling so trapped. I had a wife and four kids at home, and they wanted to see me, and yet I had a church staff that was telling me I needed to be in the office and be over at the church. And I just remember feeling so pulled in two different directions. I want to talk to you about how to stay sane in the ministry, because oftentimes, even as as lead pastors, people will want us to help them with things. And of course, their emergency is always immediate, even though it's been coming on for weeks, months, or sometimes maybe even years. But when they actually get to the breaking point, that's when we get a call. And we can often get those kinds of calls. And there's this sometimes this implicit, sometimes this explicit demand that we address their issues immediately. So here's some things that I thought you might want to keep in mind. And last week, I talked about are we working for hours or are we working for outcomes? And I'd much rather work for outcomes and serve at my church for outcomes. I want to see what is the result of my ministry, not just, oh, how many hours have I put in? And I come from the generation where hours were important. If you're going to work eight hours and do twice as much as the person next to you, your boss was thankful. He's going to try to get the person next to you to work harder. He's not going to tell you to work half the hours and do the same amount as the other person. So I don't want to re I don't want to readdress what we talked about last week, but here's some things to think about if you're feeling stressed, like people are always watching you never really have much free time. Number 1, prioritize your rest, your time with God. Be ruthless about these things. Plan ahead and use current apps to help you. We've got so many apps that can help us organize our schedule and our time and our day. But prioritize your rest and your time with God. Both replenish you. One replenishes you physically, the other one spiritually. And if you're not getting replenished physically and spiritually, you know what? You know this. It's only a matter of time, right? Number two, don't answer your text messages quickly. Only check them one to three times a day. Pick a time, 1 p.m., 8 p.m., 7 a.m., whatever time. Pick one, two, no more than three times in your day and look at your text messages and then answer them then. Because if people know that you're going to just hit that ping pong ball right back across the net to them, They're going to hit a lot of ping pong balls to you, and you're going to be stuck in your messages app for a lot of the day. So you might want to answer your family right away, but if you see something from somebody at church, 
unless they're saying my car is on fire, please come and help me. You know, just just let it go because you don't want to train your people that you are accessible all the time and to expect a quick reply from you. I don't know how many times I've been with people and my watch, my Apple watch is buzzing on my on my wrist or my phone is lighting up. If I had to look at every text message that somebody would send me, I would never be addressing the person who's right in front of me. And that's what I want to do. Number three, don't answer your emails quickly either. Answer them no more than twice a day. Have two times, the early morning and middle afternoon. And answer your emails then. And don't train people that you can be accessed immediately and that you're going to have immediate responses because that doesn't help you to accomplish what you want to accomplish in a day. The next one here, use focus on your iPhone or your Android phone. Both of them have that they now have each have a focus mode that do the exact same thing. And and if if for some reason your Android phone doesn't, there are other apps and you can just search for them on YouTube and see how to use them. But focus mode, it'll shut your phone down. It'll keep people off of your phone. They can't get through to you except for at certain times. I always have my family to have access to me. But not everybody has access to me all the time. And this doesn't matter what size your church is because you don't want to train the eight people in your church that you're always accessible any more than you want to train 800 people in your church that you're always accessible. Because if you do that with your eight people, you're never going to get to 80. And if you do, you're going to be so burned out, you're going to have to totally restructure, and that's going to be harder on your people. So train them from the get-go that you are not accessible 24-7. It's just, it's unrealistic. We think it's realistic only because we can, but it is unrealistic. And here's another one. Take at least one full day off each week. Take at least one full day off. Don't answer church calls or texts on those days. Just don't do it. People will figure out some they'll figure out something else. You don't need to be available that day. And let your church family know when your day off is and what evenings you're never available. I can I can feel my blood pressure rising as I'm I don't know why I'm alone talking to myself into a microphone, but I'm thinking about you. And I'm thinking about those of you who are like me, who are people pleasers who are blues on the SDI assessment, who are S's on the DISC assessment, right? Who are uh, phlegmatics, who are easygoing and want to serve people and want to help people. But trust me, we can't be on 24-7 and we can't be accessible 24-7. So I'm talking to you, you people persons, you, you bleeding hearts, the one who are empaths, who care about everybody, We'll, but we'll burn ourselves out, and then we help nobody. So let's not do that. Um, use an app like Calendly for people to meet you in person or by phone. There's apps where people can click on uh, on your website or on an email, and they can schedule themselves into some of the pre-selected slots. So you decide on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 4, 
you have 30-minute or 60-minute slots available. And people can just click in there and go, and then you can look on your calendar and see, oh, you know, I've got John this afternoon at 2, or I've got Sally uh, on Thursday at, at, at 3.30. And then you can decide who you need to have with you for those meetings. And they have some freedom. They can schedule themselves, but you've decided where they can schedule themselves. They're doing it, but you've picked where they can go on your schedule. Hey, train others to do pastoral care, no matter how small your church is. Again, it doesn't matter. Just You can't be the only person caring for people as the church is growing. Because again, at some point, you're, you're going to, number one, you're going to burn out. And then number two, you're going to have to retrain your people. You're going to have to tell them, you're going to have to stop delivering to them what you've been delivering yourself. You're going to have to retrain them. You have to take away a benefit that they have. Get them to understand right from the beginning that you are not accessible 24-7, that, that others, that they can care for each other. They can minister to each other. That's what the body is for. And, you know, just because something needs to be done doesn't mean you need to do it. Need is never code for the pastor must do it, okay? Just because some, if something needs to be done, that's a good thing. Share that need and allow somebody else to jump in. And sometimes if you don't do it, but it needs to get done and nobody else wants to do it, all of a sudden we realize, I had this in the wrong column. This actually doesn't need to get done. Think about it. Finally, you need to set your agenda and your schedule. You set those things. If you feel it's necessary, involve church leaders to have input in those areas. But as the pastor, you're, the, you're what I call the leader by example for how to handle life and family and spirituality and your health. So you go ahead and lead and be confident in it and let your people see the kind of a life that you're going to lead and that you're going to live and understand that, oh, oh, I can do that too. Oh, I don't have to live everyone else's life for me, but I can live the life that I believe that God has for me. I can decide when I'm on and when I'm off, when I'm available and when I'm not, when I can be summoned and when I can't. So just some thoughts, Pastor, to help you keep sanity in your day. Uh, I'm glad you're serving the Lord, and I pray that you practice some of these things so that you can serve the Lord longer with greater fruit, greater effectiveness, and greater health and satisfaction and fulfillment. You can do it. And I'll talk to you tomorrow on the Coaching for Pastors podcast.